Johnny. Welcome back, everybody. Johnny, JP. Johnny. In the house. Thanks for having me back. Absolutely. It's a pleasure. How's your stay been so far? Enjoying the... Yeah, it's been fantastic. Nice cold Canadian weather. Loving what's happened with the uh, studio here, especially recording uh, during the evening. Yes, indeed. Nice mm-hmm. lighting. Yeah. <laughs> well done. SpaceX launched 53 Starlink satellites this morning. And that is important because... I just find it interesting. Do, they also, do, you know, do you realize how many Starlink satellites they've launched? How many? Thousands. It's craziness. Okay. Um, then I was looking at them sending up a few people to the ISS recently. Yeah. And it got me to thinking, would you go for a year in space? Uh, on the space station? Yeah. Probably not. I feel like the personal and physical cost would be high. Well, the first thing that came to my mind was that um, I'm pretty sure that the space station couldn't hold a year's worth of marijuana for me. <laughs> so there's that. If it was dried, it could. Like, And it wasn't flour. And it was completely edible. Dude, I'm smoking a lot of fucking weed. Yeah, and I'm eating a lot of it recently. Yeah. I'd need like, I don't know, a brick of a bunch of things. I'm somewhere between 35 and 40 grams this week. Oh my gosh. That's spectacular. Yeah, it sounds spectacular, but I'm not proud of it. No. Nope. <laughs> well, stop telling everybody. I'm just saying like 35 grams this week times mm-hmm. 52 weeks. Yeah, 15. Trying, you know, think about how how much weed that is. It's a shit ton of weed. Well, yeah. what do you give up uh, for uh, the weed? To bring it up to the space station, you got to get rid of something. Somebody, uh, yeah, yeah, that's ma- true. Math person over here, figure that out. I figure out the for an weight drip. Ooh. higher higher yield on buzz. Okay, yeah. If you hook me up to a, you got to be functioning when you're up there, though. No, 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 no. He just said, would you tourism. would go for oh, right. a year? He didn't yeah. say, hey, would you go and work? We don't necessarily need to be on the job. What? And who's saying no to this? You I'm are. just thinking, I mean, your muscles are going to be all broken down to nothing by the time you come home. You gotta, I am not going to do anything differently. I'm going to sit at my computer. <laughs> I'm going to watch Twitch. I'm going to smoke chain, chain smoke joints. Yeah. And then I'm eventually going to eat something. And then I'm going to go to bed. And then I'm going to do it again the next day. Think about doing it in space, though. For like a year. I just, that's what I just described. Mm-hmm. I'm going to do that. And that's what, exactly what I would do. Well, you know, you're, you're thinking current state. You got to be a bit more uh, of a futurist. Have you seen the inside of the space station? Yeah. It's like a bunch yeah. of coffins sewn together. Mm-hmm. It, it's a giant coffin if everything goes wrong. There's not much. You or can, something goes wrong. There's not much you're going to be able to do up there. And there's the, sorry, go ahead. If you can freeze, given where we're going later on after the show. Uh, if you can freeze ice cream for astronauts, you better be able to freeze drugs. Like, come on. But it's freeze-dried. Mm-hmm. It's not the same. I feel like we need a formulation chemist to help us out with this. Okay. 
let's appeal to formulation chemists around uh, your uh, your sphere of influence to uh, help us out. Members of the... Two birds stoned at once. (laughs) Get the members of the American Association of Chemistry involved. And ornithology, I guess. I suppose to. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. It'd be a tough sell. If there was work to be done in the space station, I think I could get down, but I don't know. Too much. Seriously worried about a year in space. The fun versus risk ratio is way on the side of fun. And you're in your Earth orbit or something like that. You're not like going to Mars or anything. And if somebody says, oh, I'd go to Mars instead of low Earth orbit, then you're all cracked. (laughs) What the hell would you do in space for a year? Take pictures. There's only so many you can take. That's going to get old in less than a day. Nah. I'd float a lot, man. I think I think you're out out to lunch because mm. from what I understand, I'd be lunch while I'm flowing. From what I understand, you can't even sit down and read a book. Mm-mm. Read? Yeah. So no. how the fuck are you going to manage to to live in the space station because for a year? Because there's tons of other things to do in the space station. Like what? Uh, a clean up after the astronauts. Okay, like so, if they drop right. like I'm a not going to space for custodial like work. Yeah, well, we, you got to earn your keep. You can. What, you gonna fucking you're pay you're to welcome go to clean up my shit. <laughs> You got you on that one. No, well, I'm, can you make it interesting? I will. I mean, shit can only be as interesting as what is in your uh, diet. Well, think about what how that fucking goes on in the space station. Yeah, I'm, I would assume it involves like a, vacuum. Yeah, you probably need fucking to be a decathlete in order to do it, too. Did you hear about this, uh, this American bitch um, astronaut who, like, I guess the U.S. is not NASA is not really wants doesn't really want to talk about it, but a uh, Russian cosmonaut stated that this American female astronaut was drilling holes into the side walls of like different uh, capsules in the space station because she wanted to go home. It was the Russian cosmonaut. No, doing no, it? I just said it was the American that did it, and American the Russian. Okay. Okay. We won't talk about them. Drilling holes in the side of the space station. Minute holes in the side, like through the wall. You got to cause leaks. You got to be some kind of crazy. She was crazy. Like mentally ill. Indeed. How did she pass clearance to get up there in the first place? Well, they go through years and years and years and years of training. I mean, mental illness can hit you at any time. That is true. That is true. But regardless of what Johnny says, I have uh, some, you know, some Reuters news reporting that says differently. How about if I offer that uh, having those uh, things happen in space are really the wrong time for shit to go wrong with your head after all that testing? Yeah, but it doesn't mean it's not going to happen. Well, then they should just like, why can't they get into an escape pod? Because that's for that. They first of all, Mm -hmm. I don't think that they they knew about the drilling until after the fact. They knew about the mental breakdown. Okay, but yeah, scary stuff. Yeah, just another reason to not go to space for a year. You might end up with somebody who's not well. Has more rigorous testing. Well, since you're bringing this up, um, there's this dude Glenn DeVries. Mm He uh, 
went most recently with Blue Origin. Indeed. He was in the uh, William Shatner launch. Uh, he just died in a plane crash. Yeah. I was going to bring this up today, too. It's. Yeah. Dude goes to space. Fuck. A month later, he dies in a fucking, you know, ultralight plane crash. Craziness. Yeah. It just shows you how things can go. Ultralights are the gliders? No, they're typically ultralights are typically the ones that people build in their Uh, garage and that can be transported uh, like on the back of a truck and the wings can be added on site for flight. That kind of hobbyist plane. Yeah, I would say. Some (laughs) hobby. That it is. I was noticing that today. All right. Can you guys, uh, I feel like JP will be able to name this bit. Let's see. Oh, some original content, some original content. But I didn't write this, but here we go. The sporting editors had also given me $300 in cash. Most of which was already spent on extremely dangerous drugs. The trunk of the car looked like a mobile police narcotics lab. We had, yeah, Hunter S. It's the Fear and Loathing guy, right? <laughs> that it is. One of my favorites. We're going to listen to the rest. because Sure, I'm going to play it again. Hilarious. Hilarious. All right, let's do it. <laughs> this text-to-speech thing is cracking me up this afternoon. It's, I'm interested in why this voice. Um, I was going through the best, or whatever ones were here, and this was the best for Hunter. Okay. We had two bags of grass, 75 pellets of mescaline, Five sheets of high-powered blotter acid, a salt shaker half full of cocaine, and a whole galaxy of multicolored uppers, downers, screamers, laughers, and also a quart of tequila, a quart of rum, a case of Budweiser, a pint of Rolyther, and two dozen amyls. Two dozen amyls. Pashishi. Pashishi. That's so funny. Hashishi. <laughs> he didn't have any hashishi. No. I suppose How they did. going to get to sleep if he didn't have hashishi? That's a, that's a good point. I suppose it would be the downers. Ah. Or the pint of raw ether. Oh, the ether might do it. I would definitely do it. Mm. If you guys ever consumed ether. No, but I would like to. I feel like that's just bad news. Me ether. How could that be bad news? Should ether be drank? No. No, it should you be odd, like chloroform. Yeah, you got to breathe it. On a rag. Oh. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. It's, it's uh, inhaled. Uh, you huff it. How do you think yeah. the Ethernet started? Boo. <laughs> this doesn't make sense. <laughs> well, the ether. The ether is also the void, is it not? Right, but Ethernet is um, like local, right? Mm. Why ether, though? I have no idea. I know the reason in chemistry. Sure, pretty sure it's not because Ethernet cables are made out of ether. Does this show have a Twitter account? Because yeah, if so, maybe people can uh, tell us why it's called the Ethernet. Yeah. yeah. Get Go us uh, at some redeeming qualities. Why is it called the Ethernet, folks? Okay, is that all you had to on that topic of your uh, text-to-speech? Oh, I've got some more text-to-speech. Well, yeah, then why are we having dead air? It's going to pepper them in. 
when the lysergic amides have been extracted in pure form from the crop, work should begin without delay to convert it to LSD. Diligence in this matter is very important because possession of the extracted amides is strong evidence for the intent to manufacture LSD. <laughs> the goal must be to get the hot potato out of one's hands and convert it to cash as fast as possible. Sounds Uncle like faster. Uncle Faster. I thought it was from the Anarchist Cookbook. Not far off. Similar. Yeah. That was Lucy from the UK representing. Nice. Yeah. What else we got here? Uh, this one is Charles. Charles in charge. Charles in charge, also from the UK. Bonja. Warren's got five sisters. They've all got ass. One of them's got eyes as big as Jolly Ranchers. Beautiful girl. She's a beautiful girl. I know this. It's a tough one. I've played it both for, for both of you. No, recently. I definitely know it, but it's not coming to me. It's uh, DJ Shadow. Oh God! A little little clip off of his album introducing. Gotcha. Yeah. Deep cuts. I've got one more in the spirit of today. Makes me want a deep cut. I think DJ Shadow. <laughs> Damn, deep, Johnny. Deep cut his wrists. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, got one from Mr. Albert Hoffman in the spirit of today. Ah, good. So we'll be enjoying some Preach, Al. great German LSD later this evening. In the endless nothingness is an imaginary point. The start of every spiral, the spiral of the galaxies, the ammonite, the double helix. In spirit, the perfect spiral leads to eternity. In time and space, all spirals are bound, cut off, yet they to extend toward infinity. Al Hoffman. Question nice. was, where was Albert Hoffman from? Uh, he was Swiss. He was Swiss. And tonight's, um, hence Santos. Mm hmm. In gotcha. Basel, Switzerland. Used to live uh, 45 minutes from Basel. Pretty badass. Yeah. Small flex. <laughs> Do you see a lot of uh, hippie folk around there? Don't recall. No, it's Don't fair. Care. I would say it's probably an academic group. I would say no. I'd say it's, uh, it's mostly a bunch of, you know, peace-loving uh, skiers. Sounds like a pretty good life. I was thinking about uh, LSD just then. Mm-hmm. And I was wondering for all the listeners who might never have tried it or maybe it's DMT. I'm just trying to think of a visualization of something that would uh, help people out. And recently I watched for the second time and it was way more fun the second time, uh, Dr. Strange and okay. in Dr. Strange, that Marvel, uh, movie, uh -huh. there's, I think it's like 30 minutes in or something like that. The, Oracle or the person who knows a whole bunch of stuff about um, the dimensions. The dimensions. Pushes Doctor Strange's soul outside of his body. And he goes into like three different um, ghost forms of himself and he's looking back at himself. Mm. And that made me think of the DMT trip I had one time. Yeah, my house? Yeah, your house. That was some trip. That was some Apparently trip. we took too much. Yeah, that's what uh, we learned later. But I really loved no, no, myself. That was the MDMA. We also took too much. <laughs> we took that as well. Yeah, right. 
that was yeah. when we uh, that was a twitchy we each took uh, a half gram of from the Belleville MDMA that is so good absolute insanity no like I've I couldn't function for a while afterwards I'd I got say. really good at uh golf tea what was the name of that game golden tea golden tea yeah i freaking had like four really good shots one time you guys like golfing game. i have a golden tea machine in my garage mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. But i really did i really looked back at myself like when i did that dmt at that time no i believe I, it fuck man um I've i didn't think a, i was coming back i've had a similar experience on mushrooms yeah um, yeah but it took a lot of took a lot of work to get there i'd say it did Anyway, for people who are listening to uh, that and wondering, you know, what's that all about? Go look at Doctor Strange, and you'll probably get a good representation oh, in the, that scene. of the DMT trip. Yeah, yeah. If, if you smoke a, a half a gram of DMT in one at once, fell swoop yeah. through a water pipe. Yeah, it was so good. That's uh, a lot. I still think you guys burn it, burnt it. To be honest with you, well, I burned some. You lost some efficiency. Oh, I didn't. I lost a lot of things. He was he was gone. Mm-hmm. I didn't think I was coming back. Oh, I'm, he was gone. He had the biggest fucking smile on his face. <laughs> he was like, it was like, oh, this is what heaven is. Mm. I was like, I'm dead. And me, I just, <laughs> I just saw like paisley fish swimming on my walls. Right. He learned wow. after my head. I'm, I was wait. I want to admit, I didn't, I don't think I got a very good hit. Yeah. Because it was so fucking harsh. Mm. It is. It is really harsh, especially when burned. And it, it's like if you could, um, if you could go. You know, have you ever been into like a, a basement that you know has carpeting and maybe has a little bit too much moisture? Yes. You know, a dank, dank, exactly. Yeah. Imagine that concentrated by at least a hundred times, and. Uh, then you know combusted and inhaled directly into your lungs see i think dmt has like a really nice smell no way i really do it it's smells like flowers like, no it's ours like, look like cornmeal yeah that's in it that's what it's, it's supposed to look like it's real deal but mm. it's it smells it like burning hair but worse interesting yeah the few times that i've done dmt it has like a floral scent that i really enjoy yeah well, okay. yeah. well, I really, I hope the businessman's trip, uh, as it was coined many moons ago, isn't like that. Cause I don't know. And I do, did, can. What, what's the businessman's trip? That's what they call DMT. Cause it's good for 15 minutes. Oh, right. But, right. You know but what? that's a trip. That but, one. See, the thing is, is like, if you could take DMT in other forms, mm-hmm. I would be down to do it more often. Yeah. But I, I'm not down to smoke it again. Okay. No, that's fair. And plus it was like. Jeez, like 200, 200 bucks a gram. Mm-hmm. It's expensive. Yeah. yeah. Oh, it was worth it though. Really cheap oh, to make. Yeah. Apparently I haven't made it myself, but the ingredients are pretty simple. Easily ordered online. Hmm. Wow. I really want to try that for ACO. Right. I keep forgetting about that. Yeah. Next time we order something from the dark webs. Going with the four ACO. Yeah, wouldn't you say we could buy a gram of it? Uh, we can do it off the normal web. Oh, oh, from a research chemical uh-huh. company. Yeah, well, I don't care. Whatever. Let's just do it. Well, on that note, um, results from the largest double-blind psilocybin study were re- released November 9th. Um, people in the group were treatment-resistant uh, depression. So they were resistant to treatment. 
Um, the sample size was 233. It's a phase 2B study looking at safety, feasibility, dosing, and efficacy, and resulted in 29.1% of participants in the highest dose group um, being in remission for three months after the study compared to the 7.6% in the control. Um, so the highest dose group was 21 milligrams of 4-ACO-DMT. And I've read 30 is is closer to a stronger trip, but okay, um, depends on the protocol, I'd say. So Boris Havitz was a or is a neuroscientist at Stanford and commented on some of the data and said pretty much that the effects that they're seeing of remission of depression for three months are comparable to what you would get with ketamine for about a day. So very efficacious. And the study is funded by Compass Pathways and they've received breakthrough status for their psilocybin protocol. And so that pretty much means they'll have accelerated approval if the rest of their testing goes well. You know, you know what I felt like after I, after I smoked that DMT? What? I got bronchitis. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. Nobody got time for it. I didn't smoke got me. <laughs> no, it did it never. Ah, oh, the dragoon. Oh, sweet brown. She's great. Do you have any uh, speech to text for the day? Um, not really. All right. Didn't plan any. I got I got something else though. Hit me. Okay, so Snoop Dogg was on Joe Rogan's podcast, mm-hmm. and uh, you know this fucking dude is just pure entertainment. Everything he does is entertaining, and he's probably one of the more well known figures in the world if you think about it yeah snoop is loved yeah he's well known um anyway he he's trying to get joe to get him a you know pour him a drink and uh he's like he doesn't want to drink the brown stuff okay like brown and brown don't mix so like brown skin and brown booze don't mix and so uh they're trying to search for some you know, white alcohol. Uh-huh. And they find uh, this bottle. It's called Honey Shine. Honey Shine. Neither Jamie nor Rogan have tried it. Uh-huh. And so they just crack it open, um, <laughs> pour a little bit into two coffee mugs. Uh-huh. And, uh, well, I'm just going to play you the rest. Oh. <laughs> This is this is actually right when they're uh, they've just taken a sip of it, but it's what it's what Snoop Dogg says afterwards. That <laughs> it's just gonna crack you up. <laughs> I think it's moonshine. Shit, this must be some moonshine Oof. out the motherfucking Duke Boys truck. <laughs> Enos must have made this shit. Damn. <laughs> 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 Off the Duke Boys truck. Yeah, that guy is the best. <laughs> come up with that on the fly. Oh, that's that's quick. Yeah, so that's uh, that's why I had you guys uh, <laughs> take your headphones off earlier. Oh, that was so good. Definitely worth it. Yep. <laughs> Roscoe Pico train. Want to hear? You want to hear it again? Mm-hmm. Yeah, let's hear it completely. Oh, I think it's moonshine. Shit, this must be some moonshine Oof. out the motherfucking Duke Boys truck. 
Enos must have made this shit. Damn. <laughs> shit. <laughs> that... yeah. Enos must have made this shit. <laughs> well, wasn't, wasn't Enos the, one of the cops? Yeah. Him and Roscoe P. Goldtrain. Right. Mm. Boss Hall. Boss Hall's Hall. Mm. I only saw the movie. Oh. Yeah. yeah. So Fuck it doesn't really movie. count. Yeah, I don't know. Not even close. Anyway. Not even close. That should have me fucking pissing myself. No, oh, that's out, man. How long, like how much content of them is there? Three hours and 48 minutes. Wow. You know that's filled with so a bunch right. of ridiculous shit. Well, not only that is that normally the max up Joe Rogan podcast will go is three hours. Sure. If it goes less than three hours, you know it probably wasn't a great podcast because mm-hmm. they ran out of shit to talk about. So when I saw this was like three hours and 48 minutes, I was like, Damn. They stretched it out. Yeah. And like I said, Snoop Dogg is just constantly rolling blunts and smoke. There was never not a blunt lit the <laughs> entire. I'm only like two hours in. But yeah. I wonder how much he went through during the uh, interview. Who knows? I don't think he cares. Probably not. You know, Snoop Dogg is great. Love his persona. But the his brand of weed in Canada is not good. Is uh, that the stuff through Tweed? No, it's LBS, isn't it? LBS is the Snoop. brand, but I'm not sure who makes it. It could I'm pretty be pretty sure. Pretty sure he has a deal with uh, Canopy Growth. Okay. okay, but yeah, it's it sucks. You expect Snoop Dogg's Snoop Dogg's weed to be, but have you top had quality? Have you had Maybe any good retail weed? To be honest, some. Hmm. Yes, some. Black cherry punch. How much? Black cherry punch. You said. Mm-hmm. How much? Um, how much uh, cost? Yeah. Oh, this is like thirty-five bucks for uh, an eighth. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, white lightning. I, I should say white lightning. White lightning. Yeah. Deadly. I should come in at 28 sometimes. Mm, for real. No, no. For real. For how, how much is that? Uh, around 35. An eighth? Yeah. That's going to roll me two joints. I know. You're going to be fucking on your ass. No. There's nothing There's nothing THC wise that could put me on my ass. We got to go find that. I don't think there's anything THC to put me on my ass either. No. I'm, and maybe if I took six months off. <laughs> Wow. Wouldn't that be something? That would be... Imagine the buzz on you have after smoking your first joint after six months. I remember when, like a couple years ago, I took like two weeks off. Oh. You know, sober October. (laughs) And uh, the first time I smoked a joint after that, I was like, wow. It didn't knock me over, but it was definitely a a fresh high. I believe it was. I'll be honest. I've been smoking pot daily for like seven years. Eight years. I got you beat. Oh, definitely. <laughs> but it's just, uh, I haven't taken any breaks. Yeah, you did. You took a couple days, didn't you? And you started, uh, started freaking out. Yeah, maybe a couple days. It's possible. I think I tried to quit uh, tobacco and weed at the same time. That's folly. It was a foolish move. Mm. Didn't end well. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. That doesn't go well at all. Confirming leaves by Snoop is canopy growth. Nice. Yeah. Well, not nice. I knew that. Yeah. But maybe that's it. Maybe it was just all the American supply that he's always been smoking. And that's why he smokes like four ounces a day. It's oh, shit I'm ain't pretty that sure he gets good, gets good shit. I'm sure Snoop's weed is 100%. great. I don't, I'm not saying that his tweed weed is good mm. because I don't, I've never really had anything from them that I've been impressed with. But yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm sure. Uh, and the, uh, the other thing is, is when you're smoking that much weed, it doesn't really matter how good it is. No, because it'll... It compounds. Well, no, it's just like, you know, diminishing returns. Mm. 
you know, after you initially get high for the day, you're just chasing that first high, no matter how much you smoke. That's right. That is true. Yeah. I just go with little half joints throughout the day. Don't want to get too stoned. Coast at an easy level. Don't even get me started. Oh, I know. Some of your fucking habits. <laughs> so, what else? Besides telling you about the address to Congress from the two Harvard lawyers on, once again, psychedelics. Don't believe so. Um, so they're pretty much, and I should say the division within Harvard is specifically for psychedelic law. Um, but they're arguing for rescheduling based on the idea that the FDA is obligated to ensure dissemination of accurate information. And they argue that, um, the projected harms of psychedelics don't meet the evidence and therefore in the interest of having accurate information, the FDA should be obligated to change its scheduling. I think that's a pretty good way to go about it. You know, not doing the, um, this is a personal right or freedom or whatever, but saying you guys have a mandate to be accurate. It's a, a smart way to attack it. And if you can prove that, mm-hmm. then ideally the schedules will change. We can see some, who, who, who asked for that of the FDA? Um, they are Mason Marks and Glenn Cohen from the Petrie Flom Center for Health Law, Policy, Biotechnology, and Bioethics at Harvard. Wow. Yeah. They also argue that psychedelics should be covered under Medicaid to ensure access for all, which I think is pretty... Well, could you give crazy. an example of a psychedelic that I would understand? Dang, can you, uh, of like a, a pharmaceutical, I guess, that I would be familiar with, or you could teach me about that would be similar to a psychedelic. Um, I'd say the closest thing would be ketamine. It's that is a, an area that's being investigated, making pharmaceuticals that have the same impact on the brain that a psychedelic would without mm-hmm. the effect. That's actually a pretty large area of research right now, but I can't give you any right off the top of my head. Okay. Yeah, they. I'll just read you their conclusion here because I thought it was well well worded. Uh, Given the worsening mental health crisis and a lack of innovation in psychopharmacology, it is urgent that U.S. Congress make funds available for psychedelic research, which is currently sustained mainly by corporate and private donors. As with cannabis regulation, there will be challenges and opportunities when a medical model is introduced over a pre-existing, less regulated model. This, however, is a good problem. Whatever. You know, you know anytime um, I come across uh, a plant drug, I just continuously ask myself, Why don't I use the synthesizer? George you want the synthesizer? Yeah, like, nice. like with, with the <laughs> mushrooms, I would prefer if I... Why don't I use the synthesizer? Yeah. That's why I want the 4ACO, right? Just to take the pill. I want the synthesized version. Oh, that'd be so awesome. The synthesizer. <laughs> that would be so awesome. Yeah. It is the yeah. uh, the more evolved way to do it, for Very sure. And fuck off with people talking about ritual. The ritual of eating mushrooms from a number of the people I've seen over the years do it is like one of the most... 
loathsome, troublesome things that people put themselves through. And I don't get it. But we, we talked about something similar yeah. Yeah? a couple of weeks ago. Um, I'd say just eat it. These motherfuckers who do these retreats uh-huh. where they get like a group of uh, dumbasses and put them in a teepee yeah. and uh, pass around a bucket of mushrooms and everybody holds hands and uh, smells each other's farts yeah. for six hours. I can just imagine. And uh, get guided through some complete and utter bullshit by these shaman yeah yeah quote unquote yeah that's uh people can get taken taken advantage of pretty easy in those situations so mentally vulnerable yeah and that's just yeah are the mentally vulnerable going like the first ones to go i mean maybe Uh, they are there is certainly any self-respecting person who's fucking taken proper mushrooms or proper lsd doesn't need to go to a fucking shaman to but, figure that out, but right? some people I think need like isn't that a cottage industry that we can get into? Yeah, I it feel, is. I feel though like the people that go to these retreats, mm-hmm. um, they shouldn't be taking these things in the first place, should they? No, no, maybe they should, but they need the rationalization of the fact that oh, I'm going to a retreat with a a shaman. You know, I'm not just uh, buying street mushrooms, right? Oh, I get you. Yeah, that's one way of it for that's, sure. That's a hundred percent a big selling feature of it. Wow. It's a little classier, maybe in the way it looks. Sounds classier. Yeah, but you can be. Trust me, if you if you decided to go to a retreat to do mushrooms, or you came to uh, you know JP's house of fun, <laughs> you're gonna have a way better time hanging out with me on mushrooms than yeah. you are with these motherfuckers. What, what's strangers? It's true. Yeah, like isn't that strangers. rule fucking number one? Yeah, that's my rule. Oh, oh man, I don't want to everybody's hang out with rule. strangers. No, especially not high. Don't have no. any trip balls. Like what the fuck? Yeah, exactly. You can't laugh at them incessantly for ten minutes straight. You might get punched. Of a subpar joint that they rolled. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I yeah. I'm pretty that. sure that was my joint. Yeah, well, it, it, yeah. Honestly, it seemed like the biggest piece of shit at the time, but it really wasn't that bad. No, it wasn't. Did it just look different? You know, sometimes. No, no. It's just <laughs> no. you know, sometimes like sometimes you just can't control uh, your outbursts. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I I felt like I think we'll discover that at the end. Of I season. felt like he was in here for like a half hour rolling this this fucking joint, oh, and he gosh. comes out and there's like it's like a pinner. Yeah, it was a fucking pinner. Oh, no, he did that to you? <laughs> yeah, 100% it was a pinner. Oh, fuck. And just like... You waited all that time for a fucking Yeah, pinner. I just started mm. fucking giggling, and I just couldn't stop. Well, it just bubbled up. got a little bit uncomfortable for him, I think. <laughs> <laughs> I think it just ended with me shaking my head and smiling. Yeah. That was probably it. All oh, you can do for whatever. a friend. All good. <laughs> Wouldn't it be great if there was a light show this evening? Um, we have to check... See Looking at the studio windows, solar storm earlier mm. this week. Very true. Yeah. Should we tell the people what we're doing tonight? I think you've already yeah, hinted at it a few times. There. Uh, Don't need to tell Sherlock. They know, but we're that. going to Laser Floyd. I'm super excited about it because I've never done it. Oh, never gone to Laser Floyd. You mean? Correct. I see. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, we're going to a laser show uh, with some with the German acid. Sure, you can tell I'm excited. Johnny's going to be uh, employing his German accent. Uh, oh no! After six p.m. Size Deutsches Auto. Kirschmalken am Schmecken oder Sie hat das Sprachet. Want to touch my monkey? You want to touch my monkey? 
Tajid. Navid. <laughs> we were talking a lot about uh, Cream and Clapton over the past couple episodes. Stop doing that. And I've been wanting to play this, but it's Ginger Baker, the drummer from Cream with uh, Fela Kuti from 1971. And fuck, I wasn't even born then. How do you know about this? It's, it's a great album. Okay. But uh, I believe Tony Allen's drumming here with him as well. But regardless, play a little bit and I hope you enjoy. I think that was the sound of the 70s. Of the 70s. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Ginger Baker was fucking crazy. With the sounds of the 50s, the sounds of the 60s, of the 70s, and then have a sound of the future. And it was yeah. Ginger. I think Ginger might have had some of those future sounds. Giorgio. <laughs> Giorgio. Giorgio. Giorgio Moroder. One of the greats. Oh, you just got a DM on the Twitters. Is uh <laughs> <laughs> Am I allowed to check this right? Yeah, why don't you, you turn do your ring out at the same time? I should, but yeah, that'd be smart. Huh? So uh I've been listening to uh Hunky Dory this week. Hunky Dory. Hunky the album? Dory. Yeah, David Bowie, Hunky Dory. We were talking last week, right. No, we weren't talking last week. You brought it up sometime recently. Not Hunky Dory. Okay, regardless. Wow. I could have sworn you did. Maybe you're rather than sounds of the future, you're just, you know, thinking of music that I'm going to play in the future. It's become a mind reading show. It's a fucking Kreskin. Ravine. The great Ravine. I did not know who Ravine was for a long time, man. Oh, really? Mm -hmm. Until he died. He's a mentalist. Nah, he's no Kraskin. He's no Kraskin. Mm -mm. Um, so, yeah, I was getting it down to uh, some hunky-dory this week. Um, in particular, um, Oh, You Pretty Things. Okay. Which uh, turns out is a... Is you know, got some Alistair Crowley references, apparently, as well as um, was based on, slightly on a uh, Arthur C. Clarke book. Hmm. Yeah. Anyway. Um, I never pictured Bowie as a 
Somebody loved acid. Really? Yeah. Well, maybe. I think Bowie was always into the craziness. Bowie I mean, just was definitely into cocaine. some drugs. Yeah. Cocaine and heroin. Yeah, definitely know. heroin. Like, why wouldn't you? <laughs> anyway, have one without the other. Fuck. Play a little. If you're a rock star. Of this. Let's hear it. your sleepy head put on some clothes shake up your bed put another log on the fire for me i made some breakfast and coffee look out my window what do i see a crack in the sky and a hand reaching down to me all the nightmares came today and it looks as though they're here to stay What are we coming to? No room for me, no fun for you. I think about a world to come where the books were found by the golden ones. Written in vain, written it all by a puzzled man who questioned what we were here for. All the strangers came today, and it looks as though they're here. All right, and then it goes uh, later on. Yeah, just that uh, gotta make way for the homo superior. That's pretty good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess that's a reference to this Arthur C. Clarke book. Yeah. Awesome. What year of Bowie was that? I'm going to say like 1971. Eight. Really? Yeah. Well, that's super early. Um, did anybody else hear uh, a lot of the White Stripes? Not no. particularly in that mm-hmm. one. Go back, listen to the uh, piano part and then the climb down. Maybe more Jack White. But uh, yeah, really big influence there. Yeah. Right there. What, 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 which white stripes? Uh, the one with uh, the elephant. Um, Seven Nation Army. Elephants? Yeah. Or elephant, maybe. It's just, or... Get behind me, Satan. Any particular song? Ah, just a number of them that have that feature piano and uh, yeah, can you name yeah. Them? Uh, <laughs> might come to me as we go on. Yeah, is it this? One? No, it's not this. One. No. Um, I can't think of any of these that have piano in them. To be honest, mm. anyway, can't say I'll be much help there. But Jack White released a song recently. Yeah, it's awesome. I'm not a big fan of it. Oh, I love it. Is it on a video game? No, it's, he just released a video. For Did it. he? Yeah. 
Shit, said, what's the name of that track? I don't remember, but yeah. he is releasing two albums next year. He just announced that, hey? Yeah, and he released a single for the first one, which is this video with him with the blue hair. Yeah, I like the blue hair. It's a good look for Jack. I actually love the sound. I feel like uh, I feel like he's going back to uh, some white stripe sound rather than you know a folky blues. Yeah, some some more of the hard rock and stuff taking me back. Is that? Like I just wasn't a fan of the. I don't know if it was the vocal phrasing or. All right, here it is. We'll play. Well, yeah, may as well. Production on that's fucking crazy. I just think that's a fantastic song. Yeah, the, yeah, I like that. It's the vocals that I'm not liking. Well, not sure what it is about it, like but a you problem. It kind of does. <laughs> <laughs> um, the drumming on it is really cool. You hear the the bottom end. Yeah, it kind of gives me a like a raconteur's white stripes mm-hmm. flavor. Almost kicked up too. It's really rich. It's very good. <laughs> Well, that's exciting that Jack's making more music. Well, I mean, I don't think there's any doubt that he was going to release more music. I guess he hasn't really stopped. No. In, in hindsight. Nope. That's that's fantastic. We need more Jack White. Well, apparently you don't like it, so... We'll, yeah, what the hell? When, was the, when was the last time you heard a, a Jack White album that you liked? That's a good point. No, and I say that for you, because I know that you don't particularly like them. I like them all. Yeah, no, I'm usually... Uh, raconteur's white stripes guy but i'm looking at his discography solo and lots of music yeah it's, he's, he's got a hell of a catalog and he will, will continue to have it i'm sure mm-hmm. you got any topics for us uh, here johnny i know I'm you just, wanted to talk about a few things yeah, I'm just looking out the window and I'm, I'm i'm looking out the window and i'm thinking it's going to get cold and the two you guys are going to be like the fuck are you talking about it's going to get cold so, um, thinking about cold, I was thinking about warm, war, a warm. Okay. And, um, I think one of the things that I just want to address somewhat quickly is how fucking hot it is in mom and dad's house. Yeah. So yeah. we have, uh, how old are your, your I've parents? Got, I've got, uh, parents that are closer to 90 than they are 85. Okay. Um, and they're both within a few weeks of each other age wise. And, um, like it's constantly at now that we're in solidly into the fall, uh, it's constantly, the thermostat is constantly at around 28. 
28. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, no, it's it's a solid 28. You so know what? I, my, sleep, I yeah. sleep with my window open year-round. Fucking right. I don't sleep with any clothes on. Well, I guess I had to, you know, just thinking about heat and stuff like that. But fuck, is it ever hot? My sister calls it, uh, like, when you go in, you hang out there for a few hours, and you go into the formal living room or in the kitchen. It, like, it's been known for fucking visitors just to fall asleep. It's like an opium den. Yeah, I was going to say, that's what mom and dad are doing. Could spontaneously combust at any time. (laughs) Well, so (laughs) last last Christmas, before I visited, um, my dad had, uh, he's always thinking that uh, it isn't warm enough. So we turned on the massive propane fireplace in the formal living room. And he also turned on the baseboard heaters. Oh, damn. And then closed the doors as he went up to the, top floor for bed because you know that's just something that you do for some reason you want to keep that warm the next day right so that you know it's snowing out and it's warm in that room um at nine in the morning the fire department showed up oh because the uh, yeah because the uh the heat sensors had registered 40 degrees celsius Mm. yeah wow yeah so we disconnected the uh, propane to the fireplace that's a good idea and will not be uh engaged again God damn! Mm-hmm. No I, shit. That mm, that's hot. That's how hot it is in mom and dad's house. Shout out, mom and dad. <laughs> especially if you're not feeling well or something like that. I can only imagine that's like you uh, mean walking in with a hangover. Sure. Yeah, that'd be enough to break a man. Oh, that's break broken a few people. <laughs> damn. Yep. Yeah, I don't know how long I'd be able to deal with that. You just don't like you avoid movement, mm. and you just do things slowly. Maybe that's why it really. People in their 80s and above, or maybe in their closer to their 90s, yeah, uh, just move slow because they got the heat on all the time around their house. Maybe. And it's just like, I'm not breaking a fucking sweat. I need it warm, and I'm not in a hurry. Mm-hmm. Possibly. Yeah, I guess old folks just get cold. Mm. Well, everybody gets cold. <laughs> it's just at the, I don't know where you got your fucking... Uh, med school fucking plaque from, but where I got mine from, uh, I think it has something to do with uh, circulation. There are no doctors at this table. Okay. For the record. Very good. There's some wizards. Some wizards? Yeah, some wizards of uh, being able to break in music like uh, you guys do. Well, thank you for that great transition, Johnny. I'm going to move over to um, Funky Stuff mm-hmm. by Jiro. I'm, I'm going to mess this one up. Ina Gaki. Do you want me to read it for you? And his Soul Media from 
Yeah. There's a lot of music out of Japan at that time that was really doing a lot of the American style funk. I love that album. This album? Yeah. You showed it to me once when we dropped some acid. Yeah. Like last winter. And uh, it's the waka, 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 waka mm. guitar in the background. It's yeah. funky as hell. And the album cover is awesome. It's If you guys have a second, look up funky oh, stuff. I have it. I've got it saved in my library. Oh, my I God. To it. There, I think this song, uh, there might have been one that, there's this one on there where it's a bass player. And he just kind of keeps going with his voice. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it really threw us off on uh, on our trip. I think we cut it short there, but um anyway herbie hancock is loved in japan and you can you can see why like the album that i recommended before flood was recorded live in japan and uh he seemed to have a huge influence there on the funk there's a huge uh, japanese jazz scene yeah i'd like to go to japan someday i think that'd be pretty cool you should long trip though not as bad as if you were on the East Coast. Eh, very true. Very true. Um, so, believe it or not, what? the U.S. Congress has mandated um, anti-drinking and driving technology into cars. Hmm. Um, it needs to be included in, in cars uh, standard. Uh, starting for all 2026 models. Are they putting breathalyzers in the car? <laughs> no, I'm not saying that. It says anti-drunk drink driving technology. Could be, could be anything. Could be just uh, the same thing as like when you've got um, uh, self-driving turned on in a Tesla. If your hands aren't on the wheel, it, it beeps, and right? Turns off. Blah blah blah. It also. Mo- Tesla also monitors uh, eye movement now uh, for uh, its self-driving to make sure that you're actually looking at the road. So it can be something as simple as as that. I'm not really bringing it up to talk about the technology. I'm bringing it up because it seems fucking stupid. Why do you think it's stupid? Well, I think drinking and driving laws in general are stupid. (laughs) All right. No, seriously. If you really think about drinking and driving... The reason that we have drinking and driving laws are because some people don't know when they shouldn't drive, right? Sure. If everybody knew, oh, I've had too much to drink, I shouldn't drive, there wouldn't be drinking and driving laws. But a lot of fucking dumbasses drive when they shouldn't be driving, fucking kill people, et cetera, et cetera, and now we have to have laws about it. I think it's, I see your point, but I think it's important to have the law. No, I don't. Now, but I, then you're going to have I the. Think, I think it's important to have it in this society mm-hmm. because there are so many fucking dumb people that <laughs> don't have any, uh, you know, self responsibility. Sure, but you know, I can say that. Oh, you guys know. Mm-hmm. I drive. I don't have. I've never had a problem driving. I don't. I never drink a lot. That I'm is sure, true. I'm sure. I'm sure. I've been over the. 0.08 or 0.05 or whatever the fuck it is. Sure. But I 100% guarantee you I've never driven I've never felt unsafe driving. Yeah. I even told you that uh, you know back in driver's ed. Oh yeah, this is a good one. <laughs> yeah. So my parents signed me up for driver's ed right when I was about to turn 16. Uh-huh. And uh 
I lucked out and got into this group with two of my other friends. And, uh, so we'd go on these, you know, on the like road, road experience training, um, for like four hours at a time, like two or three times a week. And so we'd have like these breaks and we used to stop at Harvey's nice. And, uh, we'd go around back of Harvey's and just start blowing joints. <laughs> yeah. And so we'd come back to the car or whatever. And our driver's ed instructor's name was Merv. Merv. Oh, that's fantastic. Yeah. And, uh, Basically, you know, everybody thinks that, you know, you can hide the smell of smoking, but you can't. It can't be done. Unless you have a deploy the shield. Well, the shield is okay, but you have to think about nose breath. Mm-hmm. Um, anyhow, we ended up just, after that, we just started smoking joints with him. With Merv. Yeah, with Merv. It was like the back of Harvey's during drivers <laughs> burn one down in, yeah, exactly. in between every the residential we, and the highway driving. Let's every, fucking, yeah. Every time we had a break, we'd, uh, you'd hot box it. No, no, let's smoke outside. But <laughs> Murph just started to join us. That's great. Would you guys stick to your schedule? Like it wasn't like you started smoking weed and then no, no breaks were all business. Time. All, all business. Yeah. Just stoned while doing it. Yeah. So, so this one time, um, like, Did you guys eat at Harvey's like after you got oh, big? Oh, hell yeah. Okay. Frings, motherfucker. <laughs> um, Frings. Yeah. Um, so after one of these, you know, breaks and having smoked some weed, it was my turn to drive. And we were practicing, um, practicing getting on the highway from, you know, like a residential road. Nice. And so, you know, you got to speed it up pretty quick. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I get on the highway, we're going down the highway, I'm following the speed limit. And Merv. And I said to Merv, I said, Merv, has this thing got cruise control? <laughs> He's like, yeah, it does. And I'm like, okay, how does how do I turn it on? How does it work? He's like, well, to turn it on, you just tap the dash twice. <laughs> and so I tapped the dash twice, took my foot off the gas, and sure enough, the fucking... The fucking cruise control is engaged. Wow. So I'm like, well, how do you turn it off? And he says, we just tap, tap the roof twice. <laughs> so <laughs> I, I tap the roof and sure enough, it turned off. And he's just fucking pissing himself. Oh my God. Were you guys baked at this point? Yeah, of course. Oh my and God. I, I, this is like my third time driving. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, you know, he's got those fucking pedals on the other uh, side, right? Yeah. He's probably ran this fucking <laughs> scam on every group of kids. It's probably his. And every other stone 16 year old in <laughs> this neck of the woods. I'm pretty sure we were the coolest group of kids that, that he ever trained. And um, he also, surprise me. he also used to play, uh, David Wilcox in the car and never, had never heard of David Wilcox oh prior God. to that. But uh, uh, do you remember what particular yeah, he would play? Yeah, it was he would play uh, too cool, too, too cool, cool, too cool. Yeah, I'll, I'll bring it up. And yeah, play it. I I played a little bit of it for uh, B Rock a few weeks back. Yeah. Oh yeah, that guy's a great songwriter. Yeah, he David is. Wilcox. Damn straight he is. <laughs> Making a stop at your local uh, casino, Canada. Yeah, like I was, I was saying uh, to B Rock that uh, he. He used to come around to um, Taste of uh, Taste of Edmonton every summer. Okay. And uh, wow, yeah, 
I've seen them there at least once. Say, so David, I tasted something else. Tasted some of the jail. Uh, let's see here. <laughs> Notorious, David. You should give that stuff up. All right, here we go. too cool too cool but no like imagine never having heard this song before you're in driver's ed you're in the car baked no no not necessarily baked or i think this might have well used to getting baked it could have been baked okay that's hard hard to remember anyway and he puts this song on i'm like this is crazy because it's kind of got like a little bit of a punk definitely right so i like it was it the metamorphosis you know from uh, rockabilly into punk like what was david wilcox i don't think so i think david wilcox is more of a blues guy based on every one of his other songs um forget which one it was that you were talking about the thing was laying laying pipe pipe. yeah so it was the only david wilcox song i knew oh there's so many more um but i'm really glad to hear that uh merv Merv uh, wasn't playing laying pipe for you when he was uh, taking you around the car. No. Um, you wouldn't know the difference anyway. Oh, I definitely would have. <laughs> I was laying a lot of pipe. I'd say, man, days. if you knew about laying David pipe. Wilcox and had your own car. I, I didn't play the my song laying pipe yet. Um, but my girlfriend that I dated for like three or four years and throughout high school, she was a year ahead of me. So she had a car a year ahead of me. Oh, um, yeah, she let me do some fucking crazy shit. Um, <laughs> Good I, I used to, well, this is after driver's ed, right? So um, Merv was as good of a driver in the passenger seat uh-huh. as he was in the driver's seat. That's a fucking skill. And While smoking a joint? No, definitely not. Yes. We're not smoking in the car. Let's finally get that straight if you haven't cleared that up yet. We're smoking outside behind the Harveys. All right. Um Anyway, so after I finished driver's ed, I would convince her to take her hands off the wheel and let me do all the wheel work in the car. And she would let me do it. And we would drive around like wherever (laughs) we were going. I was taking turns. I was flicking the signal light. It was a good time. It was pretty great. With both hands? Did you have one hand somewhere else? Well, you only need one hand. Okay, good. Right? Because you're reaching across from the passenger side. Yeah. Sick motherfucker. (laughs) <laughs> the reach around there was there was that, definitely a lot of sex in cars back then too. Would, yeah fuck. i would say so yeah cars were big back then oh no she had a little it was a little car oh it's like a a pinto no i'm trying to remember what a it festiva was. no it wasn't that small no a firefly no but do you want to just keep naming cars for small ones before sure. you figure it out all right keep yeah. going no um bug no no it was small, right? 
Smaller. Smaller. A Fiero. No. Oh, that's about it. Fun. The fun cars. The fun cars. Yeah. It's a Toyota oh, Corolla. No, that's not no, small. It wasn't a Toyota. No. That's my only guess. It's like a Chrysler of some sort. Mm. Yeah, I forget what it, I forget what it was called. But if you would have named it, I would have remembered. Anyway, fucking, a LeBaron. Fucking Merv. Fucking Merv. No, LeBaron is a bigger car. Well, Merv taught you well. Merv taught us some crazy yeah. shit. Um, mm. He taught us. Uh, man, I won't even get into it because it's more of a visual thing. Right. But he taught us how to use your peripheral vision to your advantage as a driver. And he had this little technique uh, where basically you would hold your fingers out like um, your thumb and your forefinger or pointer finger. Okay. And what he would do is he would hold um, like a 10 or $20 bill above them and then you'd have to be looking the other way uh-huh. and he would drop it and you'd have to try and catch it, but you could only catch it if you were using your peripheral vision. Interesting. Yeah. Wow. Because your peripheral vision sees at way more frames per second. It has to, I suppose. Yeah. We should try that tonight. Oh, you yeah, can try it. Okay. Interesting. Anyway. Yeah. I went to driver's ed. Don't think I finished it to be honest with you, but, uh, of course not. <laughs> of course not. There was a situation when I think I was like 16 and at this point I was being cool and not drinking and everyone else wanted to go and drink. And for some reason I suggested that I could be the DD, um, no license at the time and went out with the owner of the car. We did like a few laps, laps around the block. And for some reason she's like, yeah, you're fine. Go for it. And next thing I know, we're coming back from this party in like a dark highway and I've been smoking joints and, uh, we're going like 140. It freaked the shit out of me. I had no idea what I was doing. We finally got back safely. Yeah. And, uh, safely, but alive, I suppose. And then that didn't happen ever again. <laughs> <laughs> and you still don't have your license. <laughs> Correct. Correct. That might've been, been a, uh, a scarring moment. One of the first times um, after I got my license, yeah, my dad was like super fucking strict when I was young. Like when he lent me the car, he would go out with me to the car every single time. Wow. And he would write down the odometer. Wow. Yeah. And you were allowed 40 kilometers for the entire night. He didn't. You can only get into so much trouble you're on 40 kilometers, to, right? You're only allowed to put 40 kilometers on it every time you use it. Huh. Yeah, it was some fucking bullshit. Yeah, how, did, did you figure out a way to get around it? I just said, I'm not borrowing your fucking car. Oh, wow, dad. <laughs> yeah. all, my, all, all my other friends had their own cars anyway, so it wasn't a problem. Did he have a clipboard and do a walk around visual inspection of the car like you would with a uh, no, rental agency? But I wouldn't have been surprised if he did. <laughs> but no, he didn't. Okay. That's a, I think that's a pretty classic move. Heard of that one before. I don't know. That's pretty strict. It's definitely strict. Yeah. Smart, though. Because, I mean, you can really only do so much in 40 kilometers. Dude, the shit we used to do, we had this rule. Um, like, all we did, like, on weekends is we. Somebody picked up in somebody's car. Yeah. We'd get some fucking drugs. Yeah. And we would drive around different little different places here and there or like 
it was like a water tower down a really dark road. We used to go sit there and smoke some joints. Hell we used yeah. to go down to the Beckers was sort of like a meeting point for teenagers or, you know, see what's going on, go down to fucking Beckers. Um, but we had this fucking hard rule that we always pooled our money. That's nice. Yeah. Very communal. We always pooled our money and you couldn't leave without finishing drugs. That's really good. That's, yeah. that's yeah, nice. We had some fucking crazy nights where like, <laughs> um, we bought like an eight ball of Coke. Oh, damn. Um, uh, a quarter ounce of hash uh-huh. and some weed. And we took a gram of the, the coat mm-hmm. and put it in a bag with the hash and just worked it in our hands. And then for the rest of the night, we just smoked cocoa puffs. Oh, yes. Gosh. And oh my God, it's so delicious. Oh, yeah. You know, it's well, cuckoo for cocoa puffs. Yeah, exactly. Um, it's, it, it's like, it's as close to smoking menthols mm-hmm. as you yeah, can get. I'd agree with the that. numbing. Yeah, it had like a cooling effect. <laughs> Not numbing, more of a yeah, a cooling effect. Yeah, yeah. and it a refreshing it effect was. It made everything super smooth as well. Mm-hmm. And oh, back, I'd say it back did. then we weren't smoking a lot of joints. Mm. We we're smoking a lot of uh, bottles. Bots, bots, yeah, bts. But yeah. Uh, cocoa bots. Oh my god, they're so good. Wow. Yeah. Do you guys ever hear of poppers? The weed thing is not like things you sniff. No. Okay. So this is an East Coast Canada thing. If you're around Nova Scotia, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Uh, you take a plastic bong and with a metal down stem, and you pretty much take a, a clip off of a cigarette, put it into the metal down stem hole. So it's still rolled, and you put it into the down stem. Then you tap weed on top of it and pack it down you smoke it and it makes like a popping noise hence the name popper um but i guess it's the combination of the nicotine and the weed but it feels like an opiate sure i'm telling it's a big thing on the uh east coast and people will get hooked on the poppers it's truly disgusting hooked on marijuana yeah the how why they name it poppers well, it, you're asking for confusion, right? This is the home of the trailer park boys. I don't think we need to Sunnyvale. Yeah. <laughs> I need to ask any more questions, but popular thing out there and it gets you fucked up. Hmm? I can compare it to yeah, a, no shit. a BT. A BT. Except those, a bit more intense. Spots, man. They would really fuck you up. You could get really fucked up on a small amount of, uh, hash. Although the hash back then was really good. Way better than today's hash. Because it was actually imported, mm. not, not this fucking bubble hash bullshit people are making locally. Malarkey. It's not the same, you know. If you're not if you're not scraping the resin right off of the marijuana leaves, you know. Sort of like when I use your grinder. Yeah, exactly. Mm. <laughs> um. Anyway, maybe we should get close to wrapping it up here. Yeah, but before we do, I need to. I need to touch on some Brank Zappa. Yes, you do. Mm. So what I've been doing, Johnny, mm-hmm. is uh, trying to play a little bit of Zappa each week. Nice. Trying to start with the very early stuff and then going through it chronologically. You skipping over Barbershop? No, hell no. Okay. No hell skipping, no. it seems. All right. 
No, but today we'll be playing a tune from Chunga's Revenge, mm. circa 1970. Um, Damn. The, the song name is Charlena. Okay. I've played it for uh, B-Rock before. Um, there's there's several different versions of it. Um, I really like this version. Um, you got to listen to the cadence okay. of how, how they sing it. Um, yeah, that's all I'm going to say about it for now. All right. fucking love that song that's um, very well written i called up all my baby's friends and asked them ask them yeah <laughs> ask them ask them yeah yep where she done went it's just fucking great that's that uh socal stuff right yeah yeah pretty remarkable the way that guy uh for just 52 years ago more yeah. than that no no this no, 19, no, 1970 oh. 70 yeah yeah, it might seem like a lot more than that, but uh, it's, it's uh, not crazy stuff. The guy's got a lot of tunes. People were cool 50 years ago. Mm-hmm. Zappa mm. was cool 50 years ago. Yeah. yeah. Uh, any final topics? I am all out. I got one more. Okay. Hit us. Let's do it, man. More? Nope. All right. So I was saying earlier, I, w- I watched a movie last night. Right. Have you guys seen The Wrestler? Uh, with Mickey nope. Rourke? With Mickey Rourke. Yeah. I haven't seen it. No, but I do. Uh, you what's her name is it. in it? I'm getting there. Okay. Um, you need to watch I've this heard movie. About it. Uh, I meant to actually put it on my USB stick and bring it because I figured you guys hadn't seen it. Mm-hmm. I'll bring it over next time. Thanks, yep. man. Um, yeah. Stars Mickey Rourke, Marissa Tomei. And this was surprising to me because I hadn't seen it since Westworld came out. But Evan Rachel Wood. Ah. Dolores. No. Dolores. Dolores is in that movie? Dolores plays Mickey Rourke's daughter. Whoa. Yeah. And she, that girl, she always looked good. Yeah. Oh, damn right. She was hot as fuck. Believe it. She was hot as fuck 10 years ago when that movie came out as well. Wow. Yeah. But Marissa Tomei. (laughs) Oh, my God. You guys have got to see this movie. This woman is, she's got to be one of the hottest women out there, especially like, and 
aged so well. Yeah, so Tomei. fucking hot. Yeah, yeah. She, I think she was in an episode of, uh, I think her thing, if you watched Seinfeld, I know you watched that uh, Joker, Larry David. Um, yes. I think she was in a few oh. episodes of Seinfeld. Mm, maybe. Marissa Tomei. Oh, yeah, she and was. She, George. She, she liked balding men, yeah. That's right. <laughs> That's right. The balding ah, men. I'll tell her. She, she likes them so much, she got two of them put on her chest. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, George was dating his to-be fiancé at that time. Ah. And yet, when he found out that he could right. have a shot at Marissa Tomei because she was into chubby, oh. balding guys... <laughs> Uh, he was willing to uh, risk the relationship for a chance. Oh, so yeah. I think he even went on a date with her. Okay. Yeah. Wow. And it went really well. <laughs> <laughs> but in this movie, in, in The Wrestler, she plays a stripper. Is oh, that her role? Oh, Great. my God. And uh, she, I was wondering how they uh, introduced the twins. so fucking good. She's got the most perfect breasts that you've ever seen. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Reference grade. Yeah. 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 That's... Uh, those are really, yeah, that's really good. News. That's a must-see movie. And yeah. it's just such a good movie. That's old as hell, too, that movie. No, it's not. It's like, what? 10 less, years? Less than 10 years. No. Yeah. What? Okay. I could look it up just to confirm. Mickey Rourke, did he actually fight? He fought somebody, yeah. I think he went into the boxing ring. Um, um, like some celebrity. Mm, sort of like the uh, Justin Trudeau. And what was that Joker's name from uh, Quebec? I think he was from Quebec. Was 2008, the, so just over. 2008. Okay. okay. Yeah. Such a good fucking um, How old would Marissa Tomei be now? Um, let's find out. And would the twins stand the test of time? 100%. Awesome. <laughs> 100%. Awesome. Awesome. She was born in 64. Yeah, girl. Whoa. All right. Yeah. Good. So I'm telling you, you're not going to find another woman that age that yep. looks that good yeah fair enough okay mm. that yeah. was well, in 2008 thank you for that one yeah 2008 that's yeah true. that is uh yeah, 14 years ago that is a must see yeah all right that's i've heard great things i didn't hear this side to it but just adds to the uh the anticipation i suppose such a good movie. i'm not watching the rest of the movie i'm just going to the rest of the tome parts <laughs> oh no it, it, there's like a, I don't want to see Mickey Rourke. She got fuck. her titties out throughout the movie. Does she really yeah. oh, freewheeling? I'm telling you, she was not shy about about that. And wow! Thank the Lord. Did for it that. win an award of some sort? Probably. You know, like last time I checked, Mickey Rourke did nine and a half weeks. Mm -hmm. Didn't see that. Um, no, but I don't think he's recognized for his great acting. Maybe in that half cartoon, half real uh shit uh waking life what was your question no, about, about uh, the wrestling? about what what was your question that i was supposed to look up here oh, i can't remember anymore oh fuck oh well um the records will have it yeah but the that's not gonna do it. us any fucking good <laughs> no. uh mickey work um did he coming? fight no, no that was after that was a question you guys asked after hmm well, hmm. whatever. Yeah, whatever. That's too bad. It's uh, got a 7.9 out of 10, which is pretty mm. fucking high on IMDb. IMDb. I got, okay. Oh, I, I was wondering if it won an Academy Award. Oh. Because I think I might have a direct correlation between Academy Award winners and titties. Hmm. Um, Given what we know about uh, Hollywood now. 
and who is and was voting, I guess. I don't know who the fuck was or is voting, but and could care less, but apparently it's a thing. Nothing's sticking out, but I'll do another. Yeah, that's what Marissa said. Quick shirt. Mm-hmm. A quick sh- uh, search. That video you sent me of Ricky Gervais at the Golden Globes. Oh, that's the best. That's oh, the, my that's God. the funniest single piece of comedy I've ever seen. He just lights everybody up. Really? Oh, my God. He holds nothing back. Ricky, I haven't watched a bunch of his other stand-up, but if it's anything like that, I'm sure it's fantastic. Yeah. It won a whole bunch of awards, by the way. So it won a okay. Golden Globe. Uh, Probably two Gold Globes. Uh, okay, I'm going <laughs> to... Yeah. you got to stop wah, with wah, these dad wah. jokes. It's not on brand. They're not dad jokes. They are 100% dad jokes. <laughs> um, do you want? Did you want to uh, hear that Ricky Gervais thing? Yeah, I think we should, just to hear some comedic ex- excellence. Okay, shouldn't take long to find out. Yeah, a lot of truth in that uh, that comedy. Are you ready? So I'm this ready. is uh, right before COVID, right? So this right. was February of 2020. Okay. Okay. Yeah. It's a it's a little bit long. I might not play it all, but uh, it's funny as fuck. So what what this person did is they took you know every time they go to and from commercial, you know he's got a little thing as a host to say. Yeah. As they introduce people to come and give out awards, he's got little things to say. You know, he has an opening monologue, blah, uh-huh. blah, blah. So what they did is they just edited together all <laughs> of the parts from the Golden Globes where it's just Ricky Gervais talking. And uh, yeah, here. You'll, you'll be pleased to know this is the last time I'm hosting these awards. So I don't care anymore. Um, I'm joking. I never did. Um <laughs> NBC clearly don't care either, fifth time. So, I mean, Kevin Hart was fired from the Oscars because of some offensive tweets. Hello. (laughs) Lucky for me, the Hollywood foreign press can barely speak English and they've no idea what Twitter is. So I got offered this gig by fax. So let's go out with a bang. Let's have a laugh at your expense, shall we? Remember, they're just jokes. We're all going to die soon, and there's no sequel. So, yeah, remember that. Um, But you all look lovely, all doled up. You came here in your limos. I came here in a limo tonight, and the license plate was made by Felicity Huffman. So, no, shush. It's It's her daughter I feel sorry for. Okay, that must be the most embarrassing thing that's ever happened to her. And her dad was in Wild Hogs. So, lots of... So, Felicity Huffman, you know, the deal with Felicity Huffman? I'm thinking it's the college tuition thing. Okay. Exactly, okay. Let's continue. I didn't, uh, I couldn't put it together until I listened to it all. The big celebrities here tonight, I mean legends, icons, yeah? Look, at this table alone, uh, Al Pacino, Robert De Niro... Baby Yoda. Uh, Oh, that's that's Joe Pesci, sorry. Um, I love you, man. Don't have me whacked. Um, But tonight isn't just about the people in front of the camera. In this room are some of the most important TV and film executives in the world. People from every background, but they all have one thing in common. They're all terrified of Ronan Farrow. He's coming for you. 
He's coming for you. Do you know who with the Ronan Farrow reference? Nope. So you know who Ronan Farrow is? Nope. Ronan Farrow is Mia Farrow and um, Woody Allen. Woody Allen's son. Aha. And Ronan Farrow broke the Weinstein story. Really? Yes. Wow. Interesting. And, well, that's, and what's yeah. even more interesting is that Woody Allen hasn't been canceled. Anyway, that's yeah. a whole, that's well, a whole there's other a few. Topic. Okay. Anyway, that's... Got some opinions about that one. Okay. Look, talking of all you perverts, it was a big year... It was a big year for pedophile movies. Um, surviving R. Kelly, Leaving Neverland, Two Popes... <laughs> Shut up. Shut up. I don't care. I don't care. Many talented people of colour were snubbed in major categories. Um, unfortunately, there's nothing we can do about that. The Hollywood foreign press are all very, very racist. So, fifth time. So, we were going to do an in memoriam this year, but when I saw the list of people that had died, it wasn't diverse enough. It just, no. It was mostly white people. And I thought, nah, not on my watch. So, maybe next year. Let's, let's see what happens. No one cares about movies anymore. No one goes to the cinema. No one really watches network TV. Everyone's watching Netflix. This show should just be me coming out going, well done, Netflix, you win. Everything. Good night. But no, no, we've got to drag it out for three hours. You could binge watch the entire first season of Afterlife instead of watching this show. That, that's a show about a man who wants to kill himself because his wife dies of cancer. And it's still more fun than this. Okay? <laughs> Spoiler alert, um, season two is on the way. So in the end, he obviously didn't kill himself. Just like Jeffrey Epstein. Shut up! I know he's your friend, but I don't care. <laughs> you had to make your own way here in your own plane, didn't you? Right. But m seriously, most films are awful. Lazy. Remakes. Sequels. I've heard a rumour that there might be a sequel to Sophie's Choice. I mean, that'd just be Meryl Streep going, well, it's got to be this one then. <laughs> All the best actors have jumped to Netflix and HBO, you know. And the actors who just do Hollywood movies now do fantasy adventure nonsense. They wear masks and capes and really tight costumes. Their job isn't acting anymore. It's going to the gym twice a day and taking steroids, really. <laughs> have, we got a, have we got an award for most ripped junkie? No, <laughs> no point. We know we'd win that. Um, Martin Scorsese, the greatest living director, made the news for his controversial comments about the Marvel franchise. He said they're not real cinema and uh, they remind him of theme parks. I agree. Although I don't know what he's doing hanging around theme parks. He's not big enough to go on the rides, is he? <laughs> it's tiny. <laughs> right. The Irishman was amazing. It was amazing. Um, look. It was. My fact, my, it was great. Uh, long, but amazing. Um, it wasn't the only epic movie. Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, nearly three hours long, Leonardo DiCaprio attended the premiere, and by the end, his date was too old for him. So, <laughs> Even Prince Andrew's like, come on, Leo, mate, you know. <laughs> <laughs>
You're nearly 50, son. Um, <laughs> the world got to see James Corden as a fat pussy. <laughs> he was also in the movie Cats, but no one saw that. Um, and the reviews, oh, shocking. I saw one that said, this is the worst thing to happen to cats since dogs, right? <laughs> but Dame Judi Dench defended the film, saying it was the role she was born to play, because she... I can't do this next joke. <laughs> because she loves nothing better than plonking herself down on the carpet, lifting her leg and licking her... <laughs> Verbal, <laughs> verbal. She's old school. Um, <laughs> it's the last time, who cares? <laughs> oh. Apple roared into the, the TV game with a morning show. A superb drama, yeah. A superb drama about the importance of dignity and doing the right thing made by a company that runs sweatshops in China. So, well, you say you're woke, but the companies you work for, I mean, unbelievable. Apple, Amazon, Disney. If ISIS started a streaming service, you'd call your agent, wouldn't you? So, if you do win an award tonight, don't use it as a, a platform to make a political speech, right? You're in no position to lecture the public about anything. You know nothing about the real world. Most of you spent less time in school than Greta Thunberg. So, if you win, right, come up, accept your little award, thank your agent and your God, and... So... It's already three hours long. Right, let's do the first award. The first award... <laughs> the first award is for best actor in a television series, musical or comedy. To present the award are a couple of actors off the telly, what can I say? Jennifer Aniston and Reese Witherspoon. In a little while, we're going to see a, a short clip from The Irishman. Um, it's 88 minutes long. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back. Still having a good time? Good. As you know, the meal tonight was all vegetables, as are the members of the Hollywood Foreign Press. <laughs> Please welcome their president, Lorenzo Soria. Hello, we're back. Um, Knives Out has three nominations tonight. Yeah. See what can happen if you don't dress people up as cats. It's, it's that easy. Hello. Welcome back. Um, I've got nothing negative to say about these next two presenters because the big one could snap me in half. So please welcome Zoe Kravitz and Jason Momoa. Anyway, you get the point. Funny as fuck. That is funny as fuck. Yeah, I love Ricky Gervais. No holding back, as it should be. Yeah, and it's just, he just keeps saying, you know, five times. I've hosted five times. <laughs> <laughs> this is the last time. <laughs> We're going for it. Did they have the Golden Globes last year? Um, they did, but I don't think anybody was there. Hmm. I think it was, like, just a host. 
Probably not missing out on anything. I wouldn't say. <laughs> well, all right, guys, it's been a blast. He could walk down your street and girls could not resist his stare. So, Pablo Picasso's never called an asshole. All right, see you. <laughs>